Welcome into Hardcore Penn State Football. Tucks giving. Penn State taking on Michigan State in just a couple of days. Sean Kane and I will, with a little abbreviated episode as we are recording on Thanksgiving Day. Hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. Let's get right into the show. Core Penn State football. I'm Corey Stokey. With me, as always, the great Sean Kane. How are you doing today, Sean? Just thankful to be here, Corey. How about you? Yeah, I'm doing great. I uh, I do want to apologize just ahead of time if the audio is different, if it's if it's loud, if it's background noises, if it's random dogs barking, um, if it's just a little bit of an echo. Um, on the road for this episode so it's going to be a it's going to be a little bit different but we're gonna we're gonna power through it um sean it's it's thanksgiving it's literally thanksgiving day as we record this um what penn state related well how about this give me one thing that you're thankful for that's not penn state related and one thing you're thankful penn state related oh boy i've honestly like i have so much to be thankful for uh you know, my friends, my family, my girlfriend, um, my cat. <laughs> so I have an infinite amount of things to be thankful for. Um, the Hardcore Penn State Football Podcast. Of course, that's uh, got to be number one. <laughs> yes, that that's that's definitely up there. So yes, I have a huge amount of things to be thankful for, and I'm very, I'm very blessed. Uh, as far as Penn State goes, um, this freshman class. I think you have to be thankful for them because not only did they give us something as freshmen, which, I mean, it's not rare, especially in today's day and age, but it's rare to get this much productivity from from a freshman class. And we have next year and the year after to look forward to. So that's probably 
would I go with? Yeah. How about you? I think that's a good one. Yeah, I I just I probably agree. You know, family, girlfriend, two dogs, health, um, a job. I mean, all those things definitely thankful for. Um, And of course, I, I mean, I think. I think there's a some people that listen to the show before you hopped on, but also very thankful for you. I think the last, yes. uh, I guess it's been last 11 months, 10 months or so, it's been fun. So uh, I, I think it's taken it to a whole new level with you being on the show. So thankful for you too, Sean. Um, I'm thankful for you, Corey. Give me a shot. <sighs> Penn State related. What was I going to say? I had it all lined up. Oh, you know what? I'm thankful for this season um, from like the grand scheme of things when you look back on it, because this was a huge kind of get right year for Penn State. Obviously, 11-11 coming into the year. I'm not a rear view mirror guy, but it was very important that Penn State showed that they were closer to being where they wanted to be than where they don't want to be. And a lot of people were worried that, and not, not us, but a lot of people were worried that it was you know, the 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 window had closed and all of the magic that Franklin had was gone and that the last two years was kind of what was going to be the norm. And they have shown that to not be the case um, and have shown that, hey, well, you know, we'll yet to be determined if they're going to be national contenders, you know, in the future. But they, they show that they are not going to be an 11-11 squad down the road, which, which I think is super important. And I mean, it's going to set up an insane amount of hype. It's going to set up a really excruciating offseason waiting for 2023 but um and obviously the season isn't over yet and you got to take care of business on saturday but very very thankful that we all are very excited about penn state football again i mean we talked about a little bit sean going into this game on saturday it's a completely complete 180 from where it was a year ago yeah absolutely uh last year going into the michigan state game i mean i was I was pretty much cooked after the Ohio State game. And I think that's how a lot of fans were. And, you know, um, a punchy Sean Kane before the pod actually called into the, uh, I called into the pregame show before the Rutgers game. I straight up asked Steve and Jack, I was like, is this a successful season, guys? And it was probably an unfair question to ask them because they're, I mean, let's be real, they're paid by the school. They're not going to give me a direct answer. But Jack was more blunt than I thought that than I thought he would be. He was like, no. <laughs> he was like, no, this isn't what we want. And so I think when you have Steve Jones and Jack Ham telling you that, I think a lot of fans feel that way. And I certainly felt that way. But then this year, I mean, I wish we had I wish we had another game next week because and when you're having a good year, you really you realize how short the season is, especially compared to the NFL these days. Because the NFL season, I, in my opinion, is too long. I think they, I thought they should have stayed at 16 games, but they make more money from 17 games, so that's why they went. Um, but the college season just, it's abrupt. And you really feel it being abrupt when you're good. That's a good point. The season definitely felt a lot shorter than last last year's season. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing how that works. Um, just just incredible how that the perception of it um well let, we can get into the show now again thank you guys so much for listening and, and hope everyone has a great thanksgiving hopefully we eat a lot of food we'll talk a little bit later we got some 
Got some best side dishes that I asked a question on Twitter. We do have some fan questions. I'm gonna be honest with everybody. I did not put any graphics together, so this is very, this is a very baseline show today. Um, obviously, we're gonna talk Michigan State a little bit. No guest pickers or anything like that. We're gonna try to keep it under an hour. Just give you a, a, a short and sweet to the point kind of episode this week. Um, final thoughts, really on Rutgers. I don't have very much, Sean, but I do think there were some things. Um, coming out of the press conferences that were important. You got to listen to them more than I did. But it sounds like Joey Porter Jr. and Olu Fashionu could be back this week. Uh, we saw JPJ playing or practicing, excuse me. Did we see Olu Fashionu practicing? I don't believe so. I haven't seen anything that Olu was practicing. Okay. But we did see Joey practicing, which is good. And then uh, it was officially announced that Parker Washington will be out for the rest of the season with an injury. Um, he did not specify what it was, correct? No, no, yeah. no, we, we, we don't know. So, so I, I would just like to say, since we've, we've talked a lot about Parker Washington and if he's going to come back next year, um, I got to think now he's got to come back, right? I mean, I just, I think it's, especially if he can't do, I think some of his best things he will, you know, could showcase would be his route running, doing the on the field drills, et cetera. We don't know the severity of the injury, but if he can't be 100% for those at the combine or, I mean, if it's super serious, he might not even be able to do that at a pro day. Um, I, I think that would be a huge detriment to his chances of getting, you know, that's a serious amount of money if you're, if you're drafted in the sixth round compared to the fourth round or something like that. So um, I think I'm leaning now towards he'll, he'll come back as well. So yeah. Speculation. It- yeah, and that's what that's what this is speculation. We don't have any inside sources. Um, you know, I I will say there are some Twitter rumors um, that he was in a boot. I don't know if that's true though, because I can't, and I'm not going to confirm anything like that. But uh, because I don't go to school anymore, and it was better when we go to school. And sometimes we could see these guys around campus, like um, Johnny Patrician. I remember the one time I saw him in a wheelchair, like one of those like ridey wheel uh, wheelchairs i was like oh he's done for the year <laughs> like you, you, when you're around it you can see it more but i don't know what's going on with parker but we just know he's done for the year i kind of i've been leaning that he's coming back even before the injury and i think now i just don't think he has enough tape he has the ohio state game which was which was a lot but he's another guy that i think could have really benefited from from the bowl and he's not going to have that to put on tape. He's not going to have these last couple games put on tape against, you know, a really uh, a, a, a straight-up bad Michigan State defense. So I just think he needs a little bit more. Or I could see him being one of those guys that declares for the draft but falls into the seventh round. And I think he's better than that. I think he could go higher than that. So I think – and we don't know what these guys' personal lives are like full disclosure but from what i know just from a football perspective i think you should come back yeah yeah i'm with you there and we will have a lot more couple episodes in the following weeks as these guys decide to declare to stay or to declare to go the only one right now hunter norzad has decided to come back that's the only official one at this moment Uh, obviously going to be some big names to keep an eye on olu fashionu curtis jacobs um I guess maybe Hakeem Beeman um, and then transfer portal guys, Kevon Lee, is he going to go? Is he going to stay? 
is any of the other offensive linemen, are they going to go? Are they going to stay? Juice Scruggs comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Caden Wallace comes to mind. Um, about a decisive. That's an interesting one. I think, just to go on a sm- small tangent here, I think Adiza Isaac almost needs to come back too. He showed to stay. He showed his longevity, showed his ability to stay healthy for a whole season, which I think is important for him. Um, and I think he had a better second half of the year because I, I think he was uh, he still kind of finding his rhythm. But if he's found his rhythm now, I, I think he's a guy that may, maybe a really b- good bowl game could change that. But I think he's a guy that could really benefit from one more year. Um, but as we know, his, he's, he's got a family situation there where, you know, I don't know how much that plays a role into it, but maybe he has enough NIL money for that not to be a concern. But um, based off his family, again, with with three um, nonverbal siblings, uh, maybe it's like, hey, if I can just make, I don't need to make $10 million, I, I'd be okay with a, a couple million dollars. So that... See how that kind of plays into things too. But um, otherwise, Sean, do you have anything else on Rutgers or the press conference or anything that that you wanted to mention? Um, yeah, I mean, as far as the Rutgers game goes, we ran the ball really well. Um, defense played great. Um, passing game was so so. That's pretty much it. And like, and I think it's one of those games that we're gonna have to really try to like really try to remember in five years um so so there's that but i'll probably remember it because i was doing friendsgiving while watching the game but that's probably that's probably what i'll remember the most from it uh but yeah that's that's pretty that's pretty much it i think we covered it well last week and party sparty yeah i I don't want to you know well I, i do it often but um blow our own horn too much but i really thought we put a pretty good episode together last week i don't know why it just felt like it flowed really well but uh yeah yeah you know i think a lot of the Rutgers games you could put into that category of probably not going to remember specifically in a couple of years um and i think this is one of them i maybe just because the you know, the way that penn state scored 21 points not um on offense i think you might remember this one more than a couple other Rutgers games but yeah, it was. It is what it is, and it's hard to imagine. I mean, it, it's an interesting thought if the schedule was a little bit more even, and they had an Indiana or a Rutgers or even a Maryland earlier in the year. Um, and I guess you could you could argue they had Northwestern, but besides that, if they had maybe somebody in between the, uh, and I guess they had Minnesota and, and all when it's all said and done. But if you, if you, maybe if you had a Rutgers in between the Minnesota and Ohio state game, maybe that provides more confidence for the defensive line before the Ohio state game, because I just, I feel like the defensive line right now is playing at a different level. And I thought at first it was just the competition. And I still think it is to a certain degree, but they're definitely playing better as far as getting to the quarterback. I mean, there's no other way to say it. They, they pretty much doubled the amount of sacks they had the first six games that they had in like the last three. So they're, they're playing at a, at a massive disrupt level. I haven't been able to listen or, or read for the bloggy stuff really this week, but they like to track the havoc rate. And I'm assuming the havoc rate, which is like negative plays, sacks, turnovers, deflections, et cetera. I, I'm assuming that havoc number is, is at an all time high right now. Yeah. Like you said, um, 
like from the beginning of the year when again we weren't playing a murderer's row in September they weren't getting at the quarterback like they were like they are now except the author game they were but every other game like we had we had a lot of trouble getting at the quarterback and um we would have a lot of hurries but we weren't sacking the quarterback and now we are is it a product of playing Western competition? Sure. Sure. But um, I think we're really playing our best football down the stretch. And that's always a positive thing. And yeah, like I said, it's going to be one of the, it, but in the excite, one of the exciting things is the pass rushers are generally back next year. And like PJ's not, but PJ's more of a run stuffer. Pass rushers are all back, and they're playing at a high level. I think they're going to be extremely confident going into next year, and they have all that experience. And you got to be you got to be thrilled with that. And a guy like Denai Dennis Sutton, I think, could make a huge jump from year one to year two. And he's going to be a guy that I think we're going to be talking about extensively during the during the winter and into the spring and summer. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, kind of forgot about Denai to a certain degree because, yeah, he's going to take that next step most likely. Um, and he's already, I mean, he had an interception. He's had for a little bit, for pretty much half the season, he was actually leading the team with sacks. So he's he's done his his fair share of work already as a freshman. And, you know, you could argue these next, you know, this game, the, the bowl practices, and then the bowl game is where you can really see some of those young guys take that next step. How many times have we seen – young guys take a massive step going into the bowl game. I mean, Olu Fashionu last year, Chris Godwin a couple of years ago. I mean, there's Smith Vilbert. Smith Vilbert. I mean, there, there's a lot of examples of these guys that were fringe, on the fringe, I guess I should say, of, of being great. And they, they use this time. I, I think the bowl practice is a time where either you get really, you know, you get really, you get better or, or, or you, you kind of waste the opportunity. And I think a lot of time these guys use that opportunity and, uh, you, I, I don't know what the, you know, obviously who Penn State's going to play yet, and that's a whole different rabbit hole, but you could argue that you could put money on Deny Dennis Sutton probably having a pretty big game in that bowl game. So uh, that, that that should be exciting. And, and and those guys got to play a lot again on on Saturday against Rutgers, which, again, is, is I don't think Penn State has ever played so many players throughout the whole season. I mean, they have gotten – so many twos and threes, an extensive amount of playing time throughout the year. So it's, uh, I mean, it's an important part of the game nowadays. But when you have, I think it was, I, I forget who was on the call for, I guess it was, it was Jake Butt. Um, and he was even saying, he's like, okay, yeah, Penn State has their third string guys in. But those third string guys are still really good players. And like, and they're hungry because they want to, you know, prove their worth. So you could almost argue Sometimes the threes and the twos are are actually going to be, you know, potentially more dangerous uh, because of what they're trying to prove, et cetera. So, I mean, it's it's a, it's a good point. It's a scary one, too. Yeah, we were playing against Rutgers ones for most of the game, like into the fourth quarter. They still had their ones in, and our threes are still getting it done. So that just goes to show you the depth we have. And another thing that really helps Penn State and I thought when it happened, it was good for the, for the game as a whole, was 
you could play four games now before losing your red shirt. So that gives you a ton of flexibility to play a lot of guys and to give guys valuable experience without uh, burning your red shirt if you want to preserve it. So, and I mean, how many, we had a bunch of guys burn their red shirts already, but guys like Vega Ione to have a, to have a big block to open up, to open up a, uh, a, a long touchdown run. Like, yeah, that's something really good to build off of. And we still have a chance to play them in all of our, all the rest of our game and both in this game and the bowl game. So things like that, that's just so valuable to have. And it gives you so much flexibility to be able. And when you, when you have a lot of talent, when you're stacking uh, recruiting classes and last year we had a great class. Yeah. That's going to, that's going to really, that, that that's, that's going to provide a lot of experience and a lot of confidence going into next. Yeah, I don't know, and maybe you have the exact number, but I think it's twelve freshmen now that have have burned their red shirt this year. I think I think it's right around there. Wow, that's a lot. Um, yeah, which they only had two last year, I believe. So, show you, it's nuts. I mean, yeah, it's also nuts when you think about how many are are really contributing to it. It wasn't like it was just done because they had to do it they did it because they wanted to for for most of those guys the only guy really that you could say they had to they probably didn't want to was drew shelton and maybe and, and maybe jb nelson if that happens um otherwise pretty much everyone else zane durant denied in a sudden obviously the two running backs obviously drew aller uh obviously omari evans they didn't need to for omari evans they decided to for omari evans um a lot of those guys they they chose to and I think that's, I mean, they didn't really have a choice because those players put in the work in order to say you can't play me, basically. But um, that, that I think that's an impressive feat, too. So um, we can turn our attention to Michigan State now, Sean, if you want. Uh, I'm game, right. uh, Fox Sports 1 is, is going to have the game, which I don't know if Matt Millen is calling it or not, but... Um, like I said, sometimes he does do the Fox Sport One game, which would be pretty stinky as far as ending the year um, that way. But we're not going to go down the Matt Millen hate route today. It's Thanksgiving. Uh, we're not doing that I'm, today. I'm thankful for him as a player. And I'm sure the Lions aren't thankful for him as a GM. They are not. They are not. Um, four o'clock is the kick. Home game. Senior day for Penn State. Sometimes also, Sean, the senior day is a good indication of who might be leaving and who might be staying, too, because sometimes they, they couple some guys that, that might not be there or, or guys that have decided to forego or, or move on. So you can sometimes get a feel for that. Not always, but uh, sometimes it gives you a hint if someone's going to, you know, going to use their use their final year of eligibility. Like Hunter Norzad is, is not going to be honored on senior day. Um, but obviously the biggest talking point in all this is it's John Clifford's last game in Beaver stadium. Um, I thought his, uh, he was, he met with the press one more time in a pregame situation and he wanted to thank, which again, well, I'll just say it first. He wanted to thank all the media members for covering him for the last, you know, four years as being a starter. And do we count? Go ahead. Do we count as that? Uh yeah, we do. Cliff thankful for us. Yeah. We do. 
we do count ourselves in that. Um, so he said all this really nice stuff and he said, hey, we appreciate your dedication, et cetera. And it was really kind of awesome to see that or hear that. And he said, you know, this is my last game in Beaver Stadium. Now, in my opinion, Sean, you don't necessarily have to say all that other stuff if you think you're going to play in the bowl game because you're going to have more opportunities to do that down the road. Uh, but he did specifically say his last game in Beaver Stadium. He did not say his last Penn State game. So he he didn't go out of the way to say this is his curtain call. But again, to me, it was thanking the media and all that when really he would have had many more opportunities, especially if it's a New Year's Six Bowl. He's going to have a lot more media opportunities to say thank you past that. I don't think his mind is 100% made up, but I will continue to say, and I think a lot of people will say it depends on the bowl game, which is which is maybe true. And some people will point to the, uh, was it the Gator Bowl against Georgia when Hackenberg still played and yeah. Chase McSorley. I don't think that's the same situation, but I really still think that this is the last time you'll see Sean Clifford play for Penn State this 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 weekend. I, I really do. I think this is the last the last go around. I he gets to go out in Beaver Stadium. People will cheer for him. Um and they will I mean it, not for being the best quarterback of all time, but being for for how he represented Penn State. I think he'll get a good ovation and there's no better way to to call it off, especially if Penn State leaning towards maybe a citrus bowl. If it was a Rose Bowl, maybe maybe we have a different conversation. But I think, Sean, this is it's the last time you're going to see Clifford in the blue and white. I really do. Yeah, if it's a Citrus Bowl, I mean, at that point, you got to be like, why play? I mean, I, I, I don't really know why. <laughs> uh, but, and, and, you know, Franklin actually answered a question about Cliff at the press conference and and by the way if you haven't seen uh, Franklin's press conference it was really it was a really good one uh he was very he was energetic he was in a good mood uh so check that out but he he specifically talked about Clifford you know he answered a question about him coaching and Franklin was pretty quick to say no no he's gonna be he wants to be a businessman he wants to get into business he already is with with NIL. So he's pretty quick to dismiss that. So what I'm saying is there are some guys that I think football is the be-all, end-all for them. And it's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing in that they're going to be really dedicated to being football players. The bad, It could be a bad thing in what do you do after football? And one thing I'm very confident about is Sean Clifford, when we're sitting here in 40 years, he's going to be a good representative of the university. And he's going to be doing some really good things. That's probably not going to involve football. Um, but he might want to get started on that now. And I think there is a real chance that he might. I still think he plays if we make a New Year's Six Bowl, especially if we make a Rose Bowl. I don't know about a Citrus Bowl, though. I don't know if he really wants to go through the pra- the practices again, prepare prepare for a Citrus Bowl that is going to feel like a disappointment to a lot of fans and probably a lot of players because we should be in a we should be in a New Year's Six Bowl, frankly. Yeah, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole today, um, but but yeah, um, you woke up and didn't choose violence. I, I yeah, I've voiced my opinion on it quite a bit. As far as it, um, 
I still think Penn State's going to be okay because I believe in chaos. So I think Penn State's going to be okay as far as all of that. But I, I am disappointed with how the committee decided to rank Tennessee um, and really just Tennessee. I mean, I don't care about LSU because you know what? They, if they are able to be Georgia, then, you know, good for them. They deserve, I, I'm totally cool with them being in a playoff, but uh, if they can be Georgia, I'm not going to be salty about it because if we are not, if we are in that situation, we'd want the same thing. So, um, you know, I'd be interested to see. It, it would be nice if Clifford could still be on the sideline for the bowl game. I think Drew Aller would benefit sure a lot from it. Yeah. At yeah. the very least. So that, that should be something interesting. But yeah, I, I think it'd be a disservice to Drew Aller's, you know, preparation for 2023 if he doesn't get the starting reps for the bowl game. I just think that's a huge job. We just talked about like guys on the fringe. I, how much he improved from spring practice to the beginning of the season. The coaches have talked about it a lot. He went from like the fourth string guy to the to the backup job in just a summer. Um, and he didn't look great in the spring game. And I'm just thinking you give him another month and a half ish of practice. You know, what next step could he take for that bowl game? And then if he has a good bowl game, you know, how much does that propel him into the offseason to prepare for next year? Um, I think that's a big opportunity you got to take advantage of. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, I would love for it to be some true curtain call fashion for Sean Clifford. Everyone knows how I feel about him personally. I think he's an awesome dude. Uh, I think most people agree with with that too. I don't, I'm not trying to say I'm by myself on that, but I think he deserves it, right? I think um, I don't think Sean Clifford necessarily left Penn State in a better position when he took it over. But I don't think they're in a worse position than when he took it over, which for a little bit there, I think you could argue it was in a worse position. So at the very least, they've got them. He's kept the ship on track, whether it went off track for a little bit or not. It's back where it's at least trending in the right direction again. I think we're in a better position than we were after 2018. Yeah, that's that's just true. Yeah, I do. Um, After 2018, you already start, and it's not that we were bad in 2018 or anything, but you're already starting to be like, all right, Saquon's gone, Trace is gone. You know, we don't know anything about Cliff. Who's going to be, we knew we had KJ, but that was about it on offense. And they figured it out. <laughs> and this year, like, there's so many guys that I just think we're going to be stoked out of our minds about going into next year. Not just a true freshman either. Like, Guy, guys like Ski Wheatley, I think, could take a big step. Uh, Kalen King is a junior, and I think Kobe King is going to be better in Elsden. So it's not just the freshmen. It's a lot of guys that I think are going to really be able to step up next year. Chop Robinson is probably going to is going to be better. Uh, so and next year's freshman coming in. So there's a lot to be excited about. Um, how much does Cliff have to do with that? I think that's a good question. Uh, I think he had a lot to do with it from a leadership perspective, from a leadership standpoint and from, yeah, on play because I, and me and Corey both firmly believe this. If Drew Aller played the Purdue game, we, we lose that game. So he probably won us that game. And I don't think Drew Aller would have won us the Michigan or Ohio state game. You could disagree, but that's my opinion. And so yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at with Cliff. So I think he did leave it. It's it's kind of like kind of like a president. Like, did he leave the 
country better than he found it. And a lot of times people, fair or unfair, judge a president that way. And it's kind of like that for a quarterback. So, yeah. Um, and look, if you're a Sean Clifford hater, still cheer for him because it's the last time you got to see him at Beaver Stadium. True. No, I think even the haters will cheer. I think there's a there is a, a group, obviously, that booed him. I don't think that group, the majority of that group will be upset and aren't upset with him as a person. So, uh, you know, we, we, we hate true. it. We hate it on those people who booed him quite a bit, which I fully stand by. But I don't think those people, the majority of them, still like him as a person, just really don't like him as a quarterback. Um, whether or not all of that is warranted, you know, at this point, I don't care. Um, Robert Parker says on YouTube, which, by the way, if you're listening on YouTube, uh, please like the video and make sure you're subscribed. Robert Parker's been on YouTube a lot, so we appreciate that. He says, if we blow out Michigan State, and Bama struggles to barely beat Auburn. Do we jump them? I don't think so, Robert, to be honest with you. Um, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but I think there's going to be chaos. Uh, I, I really just don't think – I really just don't think Penn State gets in a New Year's Six ball, to keep it to keep it simple. Um, I think something's going to go their way. I don't know what it is. I don't want to put money on it. I don't think LSU at Texas A&M is a game I would bet on for LSU to win. I don't think LSU keeping it close to UGA is something I would bet on. I don't think USC beating Notre Dame is something I would bet on. Um, and hell, TCU, maybe not to Iowa State, but I'm not confident that they can beat Kansas State again. So there's a lot of there's a lot of potential still for for Penn State to some way, shape, or form get back into the thick of things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the last week of the year and then in the conference championship games, I mean, if everything just went exactly as planned – I think college football would just be a lot different, <laughs> but we all know these are 18 to 22 year old or 24 year old in Sean Clifford's case kids. And it's unpredictable. You don't know how they're going to get up for a game. You don't know how they're going to match up for a game. Um, right now, do we look, and we got to be real with you guys. Do, does it look most likely like we're going to citrus bowl? Yeah, it does. And I think we'd be disappointed by that, but that, seems to be the reality i think the only way we jump bama is if bama loses one of these last two games and we went out I, that's the only way i can imagine us jumping bama but not right now one game all they got is one game yeah if they lose one of these last two games they only have one game alabama well i mean if they lose their bowl game oh, 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 oh i got you yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. i'm with you now yeah yep. yeah um on Twitter, I did ask some for some questions. Uh, Lucas Powers said, "How much pride will Michigan State have this weekend? I know they're bad and have a lot of distraction, but this is a rivalry game, and they have bowl eligibility on the line." Um, this is a good point, and I think it's a really, it's a really big opportunity for Penn State, Sean. You have a chance to not only beat Mel Tucker and Michigan State, which I think they need to do, but and James Franklin needs to start getting wins against Michigan State. We've talked about that many times, that if he just beats Michigan State more, people, people, some people at least will be feel better about it. But when you get to clump the Michigan State win-loss record with the Michigan and Ohio State, it, it looks even worse. So that he needs to turn the Michigan State record around. Um, and you get a chance to keep them from going to a bowl game, most likely. Five and seven teams still sometimes can go. But they're probably not going to be one of those academically high teams that get that 
bonus. Um, so you have a chance to not only keep them out of a bowl game, which means keeping them out of the national spotlight for about a month or two, but also they don't get any of the practices to, to practice during that time, which does hinder your development. So I think that's a big opportunity. And then finally, like, Michigan State's got a lot going on. They got, I think, officially now, some of those players have officially, you know, been uh, charged with misdemeanors or felonies, depending on the ones that hit, you know, actually threw punches or whoever threw the helmet, um, et cetera, during that Michigan Tunnel incident. So they've got that going on. Um, they, they just lost to Indiana in overtime. I can't help but think they're demoralized. And when you think about these two teams, it's like the opposite of last year, right? Like Michigan State fans are probably always right for the season to be over, honestly. I mean, you you, you got you can't really think otherwise. Meanwhile, Penn State kind of filled that number three spot that Michigan State was in last year in the Big Ten East. So um, I think they are demoralized. I really do. And I think this is a perfect game where you've got to score early and you've got to capture the momentum. And I think you could see Michigan State break pretty easily. But if you give them some life... I do think there is going to be some fight. I think there is going to be some rallying behind the fact that, hey, we got to get to a bowl game. We can finish strong. Um, a lot of positives can come out of it. If you're Penn State in that situation, you win this game. That means it's a good win against a, a, a what I consider a great team, which Sean considers a good team um, in, in Penn State. And then you get to go to a bowl game. And I think that would be a good, for Michigan State, a good end piece to a, a pretty meh season. So Penn State has a chance to completely blow that up. And obviously, it helps them get to maybe a New Year's Six Bowl. So this is a big game, Sean. I I, I think it's being undervalued in a lot of degrees because it obviously doesn't have playoff ramifications. It doesn't really have New Year's Six ramifications specifically on the line. But this is a huge game, Sean. And I, I think those guys are going to be up for it. The Land Grant Trophy, one of the most beautiful trophies in all of college football. It's it's not as big of a Big Ten trophy or a rivalry as other places. But, I mean, there's a little bit of a rivalry aspect to it. And everybody wants to be kind of in shouting distance of Ohio State and, I guess, Michigan now. And this game this game means a lot as far as being that. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd say this is a, is a big game. And there is pride on the line. And Michigan State has a lot to play for in this one, Sean. Yeah, uh, I think Lucas always asks good questions, so we appreciate that. I'm thankful for that. Um, yeah, so I think it's a million-dollar question, though. Are they aligned with the fans that will just want the season to be over, or do they do they still want to keep going? And, I mean, I would probably – Penn State has to approach this like they have everything to play for. And they have to go in there expecting that. And yes, there's a lot of distractions going on right now. There was the, 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 the misdemeanor and they had one felony charge. Personally, just side note, I think a lot of that was excessive. I think the guy with the helmet, tossing the helmet, yeah, that guy should, that guy should face charges. I, I don't think they should have seven guys <laughs> facing misdemeanors. That's just me. Um, but yeah, they, they have a lot going on in their program. But you have to also keep in mind, there's a chance they could get to a bowl game at five and seven with the academic thing. I, I don't even I don't even have that much knowledge about it, to be completely honest with you. But so they could already be in a bowl if they want to keep playing. And I don't know if they'll make one or not. I don't, I don't know if they'll accept a bowl invitation or not. They might just be like, yeah, we're done after this. But 
yeah, you have to approach this game like there's a lot on the line. And you do want to take that land grant trophy back because you want that in your locker room at all costs. I think it's the most beautiful trophy in college football. So you have to, you know, and they have they have good players. Uh, Jacob Slade, one defensive lineman, is a really good player. And you have to, and they just, they're not as good as I thought they'd be. I thought they, I thought they would take a step back this year. I didn't think they would become a losing team like they have been, but you have to think at a certain point, pride could kick in and maybe Tucker gets them fired up for one game and they did beat Illinois. So they are capable of beating somebody with a pulse and yeah, but they've been, they barely beat Rutgers and they lost to Indiana last week. So it goes to show you they are not uh, playing very well up there in East Lansing. So this is a game we got to have. Yeah, this is, yeah, 100% agree. Uh, Michigan State defensively has been awful. Um, really, really, Jacoby Winman, the defensive and edge player, uh, he transferred in this past year. He has five and a half sacks this season. Um, he was kind of the the spark plug if you will for this team and um and for a little bit there he was like leading the country in sacks but he has not played um since the michigan game i believe so uh without him they've they've really struggled uh to be consistent yeah he was one of those guys in the tunnel um and and, and i think when you, besides the Ohio State game, defensively they're doing okay things, but without him, they have not been able to get enough pa- pass rush. They haven't been able to get really much turnovers because of the pass rush. They've, I mean, again, uh, that same quarterback that Rutgers played Penn State with threw, I think, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and had a decent amount of yards passing, um, and and looked good for all intents and purposes. And, and I think not having Winman it was a big part of that. Um, Halliday, the other linebacker, he's he's been around. He's he's a solid player, someone you got to pay attention to. But besides besides him, I mean, this this defense doesn't have a lot of star power. Um, and honestly, they look lost. And we thought the secondary had to improve this year. And and Sean, I don't really know that the secondary for Michigan State really ever did at all, which is. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to just say I told you so, but I mean, Mel Tucker secondary. When do we start talking about the Mel Tucker secondary moving forward? I mean, if this is back to back years now, um, when do we start saying, hey, maybe this guy, even though he's a secondaries coach, maybe this guy doesn't know how to coach pass defense. I mean, it's it's bizarre at this point. No, there's a lot more questions for Mel Tucker than there were going into the year, I think. And at year three you should be taking a step forward as a program. And they took a huge step back. And yes, last year they made a new year's six bowl. I think a lot of it was due to um, Kenneth Walker, the third who might win rookie of the year this year. And yeah, I think that's a, I th- that's really what helped propel them. And yeah, their secondary, their defense as a whole, really hasn't got much better and that was that was Tucker's calling card and 
yeah, I think there's a lot more questions. And if you're a Michigan State person, I think you you got to see big improvement next year or Mel Tucker is squarely on the hot seat. Yeah, I was considering calling this episode like contract game or something like that, because obviously they both got massive contracts, James <laughs> Franklin and Mel Tucker. Um, and, and just imagine if, if it, Penn State was in Michigan State's position right now. I mean, all the conversation would be about James Franklin's massive contract and said so that's on Mel Tucker right now. Um, and I just think that's, I mean, that's something he's going to have to answer to. I mean, he got Michigan State thought he had they had their guy. And I think uh, Robert Parker on YouTube kind of said, yeah, is it related to the transfer portal, basically? And and then sometimes you hit it, sometimes you don't. They still hit it with a couple guys, like we said. But, you know, how how well do you build a team, a resilient team? How well do you build a team that has character when you're bringing in kind of Band-Aids instead of you know, just just in, 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 to keep the re, the ref the reference going, the analogy going, instead of just building your own immune system. Like, you know, are are you just taking antibiotics, or, or are you finding a way to to prop up your immune system for the future? Um, I guess is the best way to say. It. And and right now it seems the portal is is good in times, but it, it's got to be the proper blend of portal and recruiting. So, um, Michigan State is recruiting better, but again, Sean, I go back to it. This is a great opportunity to break their spirits, to keep them from a bowl game, and just show that, I guess, Penn State is a step above, right? Because that's what it is right now. But if you lose the Michigan State, maybe it's not as clear as you head into the offseason when recruiting does matter. You can prove right now, you blow out Michigan State, you can prove that Penn State is better, better program overall than Michigan State. And that does matter in recruiting battles for the off season. So th- this is a big, this is a big game. <laughs> no, last year, <laughs> they both got the contract mid season. So last year, I think Penn state fans were making similar arguments to what Michigan state fans are making now and, and vice versa, because Michigan state had an awesome season last year and it kind of came out of nowhere. And Kenneth Walker came out of nowhere. And, all of a sudden, they're in a New Year's Six Bowl, and, and they won it. <laughs> and this year, it feels like the opposite. Penn State kind of came out of nowhere. Nobody except Corey had us going 10-2 and two or going to a New Year's Six Bowl. And, but, but we did it. And most people had eight or nine wins going into this season. Um, I was one of them. And we were much better than expected. And now we feel pretty good about, I think a majority of fans feel pretty good about James Franklin going into the future. And Michigan State fans are apprehensive about Mel Tucker now all of a sudden. And they were feeling so good about him going into the season. So it's kind of a complete 180 in every way you could have it compared to last year. Yeah, just looking at the numbers defensively, Michigan State turnover takeaways 102nd in the country now they've only forced 12 turnovers so far this year which is interesting i was just looking at the stats uh georgia also only 12 takeaways on the year which i think is interesting and what i mean bo nicks threw three interceptions in that first game against georgia i think at least three so really georgia's only had nine takeaways for the rest of the season that's just a random thought but i'm like huh that's interesting um I don't know. I, I You just think Georgia defense and taking away the football, et cetera, but they really haven't done a good job of that this year. 
Um, just a random fun factoid for you. But no, Michigan State's struggling in the turnover department as well. And uh, and I think that the lack of defense plays a role in that. One of their best corners on the team, um, Kendall Brooks, I, I don't think he even has a, an interception this year. So um, we, we talked about it in the Rutgers game. You want your your leading tacklers to be your linebackers, et cetera, not your secondary players. I think Kendall Brooks is second on the team in total tackles, and he doesn't have an interception. Like, that's the opposite of what you want your quarterback cornerbacks doing. So, um, yeah, I, I think the defense has a potential to struggle. I think um, the running game, run defense actually got maybe a little bit worse than last year, and obviously the pass defense isn't much better. So Penn State theoretically should be able to move the football. I think Michigan State's going to do the same thing as far as Rutgers did and, and and dare the Penn State receivers to beat them consistently and, and make sure they stop the young freshman running back. So that will be interesting to see. On the other side, Sean, <clears throat> this Michigan State offense has pieces that you thought were going to be good enough. I don't think the offensive line has been good enough, but uh, Peyton Thorne's the quarterback. He has 10 interceptions on the year. Uh, he's been sacked 15 times and just, I mean – didn't take any sort of step forward this year than than some things he had played or are done well last year. Jalen Berger, running back from from Wisconsin, Penn State actually played Berger last last year um, in the opener, uh, and he came over. He's he's done good things. Him and Broussard, the transfer from Colorado, they're both averaging like four point eight yards per carry. So they're not running poorly. It's just been it's just been the lack of consistency in the running game. And then on the outside, Coleman, Jalen Reed, both. Both had roughly 1,300 yards receiving together, um, and, and they can do some good things. So they had talent, Sean. I guess maybe it's a little bit weird that they just haven't been able to stay consistent. Yeah, I mean, I think their offensive line has really hurt them this year. That's uh, too many sacks, and I, I think they they had Thorne running for his life. It's a lot harder blocking for somebody who's not Kenneth Walker. Uh, because frankly, I didn't, I thought the, I thought the offensive line was okay last year, but I wasn't, I wasn't thrilled by it last year either. Uh, Jalen Reed's a really good player. He's going to be a guy that we have to, that we definitely have to keep an eye on. Um, but, but yeah, and, and Peyton Thorne has been so, so, and that's kind of who he's been. He'll have games where he looks awesome and he'll have games where it looks like he has the yips. And it feels like he's had the yips for most of the season. So, yeah, their offense, a lot to be worried about if you're a Michigan State fan, especially having to play against a team like Penn State, who's playing their best defense of the year right now. Yeah, I just want to add to that, too. Jaden Reed had 59 catches last year, has 49 this year. So really not any lack of catches, but he has 400 less yards than last year. He's averaging almost five yards per catch less than he did last year, which, I mean, maybe it's just, you know, they hit lightning last year. Maybe the Kenneth Walker was able to bring the defense in and, and, and Reed was able to expose him over the top. But, I mean, that is a significant drop in explosiveness from from one of, we thought, one of the best receivers in the Big Ten coming into the year. So uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be fun to watch him versus Kalen King versus maybe Joey Porter Jr. if he's 100%, et cetera. So that, that, that'll be fun to watch. Um, Sean, I, again, I wanted to hold this under or about an hour or so. Um, we're, we're getting close to that. Is there anything else that you're looking towards as far as this Michigan State team? No, I mean, just don't give them hope. 
don't let them hang around. Try to establish early that, hey, we're here and we're this is this is how it's gonna be today on senior day. So I think it's a big it's a big thing for Penn State to get out early, get a lead, and just build on it and keep keep building and keep building the lead. So that's kind of what I kind of what I think in the that they're very beatable on defense and they're very beatable beatable on offense. So just do your thing. Uh, there, there's, there's special teams also not very good. They don't have a very good kicker. So, yeah. So, build the lead and keep the lead. Yeah, I think if you had to, like, choose outcomes that are most likely in this one, I think it's a Penn State blowout, Penn State close win, a Michigan State close win, then a Michigan State blowout um, in that order. So, um, yeah, Sean, let, let's just get right into the the predictions here. I, I, I guess, I don't even know, did you, did you, did you go first last time? Did I go first last time? I don't even remember. You see. can just go. Okay, I'll just go first, I guess. Um, so, I, I want to see Penn State come out and be... I guess in this game and I guess as far as the last game of the year goes, I think I'm more confident that they will be compared to, to a lot of the times, but um, you still want to, you know, you still want to see that, right. You still want to see them come out and, and, and fight and be explosive. Um, so you're always a little bit worried when the game doesn't mean a bunch, but there's a potential new year six game on the line. You know, you're, you're playing for the, a trophy. You're playing for, uh, again, a chance to show that you're you're the third best team in the Big Ten East, which obviously you want to be higher than that, but you gotta you gotta beat everybody to, to prove it. So I think the uh, you know, the offense might start out slow again to a certain degree, especially without Parker Washington being there. Um, I'd be curious to see how Sean Clifford comes out. His last game is he going to be a little nervous? Is he going to be a little wired, or is he going to finally you know show that he's he's found that ability to to, to stay calm and and I guess be consistent early. So that'll be interesting to see it. But I, I think maybe the game's close for a little bit um, because of because some of those things. And I think Michigan State is going to come out and punch uh, because they, they don't have much to lose at this point. And maybe all this has rallied them a little bit. But I think at the end, Penn State does pull away. I think the depth that Penn State has shown and then the, how much those guys want to play, I, I think that eventually takes over. Um, don't think it's going to be a very full crowd on Saturday, so I don't think that's going to play much of a role. But I, I think Penn State wins. I think they get the job done. I, I don't think it's going to be as much of a blowout as I want it to be. I mean, I would love it to be 70 to zero, uh, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm, I'm going to go 35-14 Penn State wins this game and could see it being even worse. Could see Michigan State struggling to score even more, uh, especially if if Manny Diaz's defense continues to get takeaways at the at the clip that they are currently are, especially against a Peyton Thorne uh, quarterback that is going to struggle to to stay alive and to stay stay upright. But uh, I, I think I think it could be 28-14 for a while and, and Michigan State kind of be relatively in the game. And then the touchdown in the fourth quarter kind of makes it look maybe a little bit worse than it really is. But Penn State wins 35-14. What you got, Sean? I would take that. Um, yeah, I think these guys are going to be playing up to their seniors on Saturday. Uh, these the senior class, Tig and PJ, Cliff. I, they're really they're very important. This is the best leadership we've gotten in a long, long time. And 
players recognize that. Players recognize when their captains are actually good as compared to when they're not so good. I'll put it kindly. And yeah, so I think we're going to get up. I think we're going to play hard. And this is a not good team. And I, I think we kind of take them to the woodshed a bit. I have Penn State winning 49-10. Now going, going to the – yeah, I would love the 49-10. I would love that, Sean. Um, going going all the way – yeah, I, I wanted to go there. I really did. But it's just – I don't know. They stay too on Saturday. It's supposed to be so. Well, good. Maybe that. Maybe that's the difference. Um, I just I'm always a little skeptical of some lethargic. I don't know attitude for the last game, but um, I mean Sean Clifford had a great game against Michigan State last year, even in the snow for all you know intents and purposes. So uh, yeah, and if they get Olu Fashionu back and they can protect, you know, they can protect even better. Uh, and Caden Wallace actually comes back. I mean, you could the offensive line could seriously be in a lot better shape, and and I could see that happening. If Penn State gets up fourteen nothing early, I mean, this one's going to get ugly fast. I mean, really ugly fast. Um, and the way the defense is scoring, Sean, I mean, I could see, I could see something crazy like that happening again. Um, if it gets bad early, I don't even know if if Michigan State scores. To be honest with you, it could get that kind of way. I'm I'm trending more on a, on a tighter first quarter. Maybe Michigan State has some sort of like I guess uh, like set plays or, or or has found something that has been successful, you know, and, and are able to expose that early. Maybe get a a trick play in there. Some, something to get maybe Reed open wide open for a touchdown, and maybe that keeps them in the game. But Sean, if 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 they don't do something like that, I could see this one running away really quickly. So so yeah. Um. Yeah. Anything else you want to say, Sean, before we get out of here and we start our Thanksgiving feast? Who do you have winning the Michigan-Ohio State game? Yeah. Uh, do we know if Blake Corm Blake Corm isn't playing, right? We don't know. We don't know. Right. I saw he was handing out turkeys. Um, and I, we don't have a Big Ten guest picker, but the Big Ten pick'em is up, so make sure you do the Big Ten pick'em. There's actually a game tomorrow in Iowa, Nebraska, so make sure you do the Big Ten pick'em. Um, I'm going to say if if I think I, I really wanted to take Michigan to win this one. I think maybe if Blake Corum was 100 percent, I'd feel better about it. I guess is the weather OK ish? Is it the plan? I think the weather's OK. Um, he's going to look it up. I, if the weather's OK, I, I think I'm going to take Ohio State to win, unfortunately. Um, I wanted to take Michigan. I think if the weather was bad and and Corum was healthy, I would really lean towards Michigan. But uh, yeah, fifty-five and sunny. Yeah, I I think at home for Ohio State, I think they get the job done. I don't even know if it's going to be close enough. I I really don't know if that's even going to be the case. Um, but we'll see. Uh, it'll be interesting. The JJ McCarthy's going to have to make enough plays, and I think he could be the X factor in this one. Is he? Is he? This is his game. This is his opportunity to show that he is better than Cade McNamara, right? Like he needs to be that next step in order for Michigan to take the next step. So can he do that? Um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. So, uh, Sean, are you going Ohio State too? I feel like you are. I am. I am. I would have been going Ohio State even with Blake Quarm. And a lot of it has to do with the quarterback matchup. I'm not a believer in J.J. McCarthy. I Going into the year – you know, his first couple of games he against Scranton High School, he played well. But then after that, like he didn't he didn't play well against Penn State. He's if 
they relied on him to win the game. We, we might have won the game that day. So, and that's Penn State. So, and he hasn't played, he's played pretty, pretty poorly this month. So I haven't been too thrilled with him. And I don't think there really is much of a difference between him and Cade McNamara, except he's more mobile. He's a good athlete, but that's about it. So in Columbus, I, I, and they're, they're, they might not be without Blake Horm or Donovan Edwards. Yeah. We like yeah I'm going to go, yeah. I'm going to go with the Buckeyes. Yeah. We do like Edwards. Yeah. Um, hopefully it's close enough where maybe they both get in. Um, we'll have to wait and see, but um, yes, I think we have to hope for a close game. Yeah. I'm not sure it's going to be close enough to be honest with you at this moment. Just think Michigan's not playing as good as they maybe were earlier in the year. Um, and I think Ohio state defensively is playing probably their best football right now. Um, all right, Sean. Well, we can get out of here. Um, oh, I did want to read uh, and real quick, Sean. Favorite side dish for Thanksgiving? Not not dessert. Favorite side dish? Sweet potatoes or cranberry sauce. Like true cranberry sauce or just out of the can? Can. Yeah. Can's better. It's amazing how much the can is better. Yeah, we got canned cr- cranberry sauce. We got sweet potato casserole. We had green bean casserole. We had stuffing. We had mashed potatoes. Um, I, I, it's hard for me to lean against mashed potatoes, to be honest with you. I think it's a perfect, it's the glue. So I'm one of those people that just put it all on the plate and just eat everything. Like I don't like stir it up. I'm not a psychopath, but I don't mind that all my food touches. Right. And the mashed potatoes to me is the glue to the whole thing. Right. Like if I get a little bit of Turkey, a little bit of stuffing, some mashed potatoes, some corn, whatever else kind of gets in there. That's okay. Cause the mashed potatoes kind of, kind of is the glue to the whole dish. So I, I go mashed potatoes. I am very picky when it comes to mashed potatoes. Um, I think too, I've had too many mashed potatoes in my life that were just bland. And I guess that's kind of what the point of it is, but I just, I could go, I could go either way on mashed potatoes, but there's certain places like we have this uh, really good restaurant up here. It's called rustic kitchen. They make amazing mashed potatoes. You like them, you like them smooth or whipped or do you like them a little chunky? That really doesn't matter to me. I kind really? of, I just want flavor. I like garlic mixed in with it, and I want flavor. I don't like just bland mashed potatoes. That's fair. I respect that. Yes, I, I'm a whipped yeah. guy. I like mine smooth. I like, I, I not into. I like baked potato though. Well, we're just getting all the potatoes. Yeah, I, see, I like baked potato, but, but I don't like them for Thanksgiving. Nah, you, they're too much of a pain in the rear end to make for Thanksgiving. Yeah, I agree. All right, Sean. Well, you get going. Um, thanks for doing this. It's been fun. Nice. Never started yeah. my Thanksgiving with you, so that was a that's a nice little surprise. Um, hopefully everyone enjoys this episode. If you're going to the game, hopefully you enjoy the game. Sean, you're not going, are you? I probably won't. But tickets are very cheap. But I probably won't go. <laughs> okay. You could go for me. Just saying. Um. Anyway, I hope everyone. You has never know. I might show up. <laughs> never know i uh, hope everyone has a great thanksgiving uh we're very thankful for all of you guys um it's been been an awesome year so far so we appreciate you guys tremendously uh we are i don't want to jinx it but we are very close to another huge milestone um that i think we're going to hit before the end of the the actual calendar year so uh appreciate you guys very much hope you guys have a great thanksgiving we will see you again I think on Sunday night, Sean, maybe Monday, we'll have to discuss. I think we might push to Monday, to be honest with you. Um, we have a little bit more time, obviously, because this is the last game. So uh, we'll talk. But 
Bye, everybody. Have a good Thanksgiving. Until next time. You've been listening to Hardcore Fans Day Football. It's John Kane. I'm Corey Lestoke. See you guys later. Thank you, guys.